Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the Sunday, May 14th edition of the PFF Forecasts. Uh, we're going to break down Doc Rivers' defensive decision game, pl- uh, game plan for Game 7 against the Boston Celtics. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to guess some Week 1 lines. It's going to be great. Uh, we finally have them. They're all out, um, the entire schedule. So we're, we'll hit on Week 1. And then we've got some uh, some PGA Championship uh, picks from Brad uh, as he's been grinding the film. Uh, and we have a new uh, member of the Guest Alliance uh, group this week, Judah Forking, making a triumphant return. Let's rock. Judah, you're back. Um, I figure that the past couple of months you've spent uh, just grinding every morsel of the upcoming possibilities for the NFL season, and you're ready with full breakdowns of each matchup. Is this correct? That's exactly right. Just like Mike McCarthy did, I've watched every every snap from uh, last season. You know, in preparation, I'm ready to go. The the result of him watching every snap was how we should run there. Exactly. Exactly. That's all I've got going on. Um, well, it's good to have you back. Um, we, uh, if anyone is new to the podcast and does not know Judah, I'll give him a, a quick introduction. Um, he is a member of the PFF betting family, a member of the printing press, blessed us with uh, many a great pick last year, but probably the most uh, notable are your same game parlays, which you put together better than anyone else out there. Build the narrative uh, from scratch with data. You hit a big one last year. You could have hit two in the same day or week or whatever it was. Um, but uh, because of that, we love you. We appreciate you. Um, but you've also brought a lot uh, and did this every single week last year uh, of live game betting uh, kind of philosophy. You live bet uh, every single Sunday uh, and have a live stream that everyone should check out this uh, coming season if you're able to do it. Um, so, Brad, did I miss anything there? about uh no that, that's that's the judah breakdown he's uh you know uh, he i think he's a hero to us all he's really uh we've all used the word thesis now because i think because of judah so at least i know i do i catch mm-hmm. myself saying thesis uh because of judah so that that's his i think his indelible mark on the pod that's that's far too kind i think the, the key here is just uh you know the contrast of mike mccarthy instead of running we're going for for the tails angles the long shots yes. uh we're hitting on the our- damn ball that's right. At throw the damn ball on Twitter uh, is where you can find them. Okay, let's just get right into it. We have a full NFL season slate. My favorite thing uh, about 
the fact that these uh, that the schedule gets released is that then you can put some lines on games. My second favorite thing is that you can also now look at the whole schedule and write a W or an L next to every game and go through the entire season and decide what uh, the team's record should be. Um, so NFL Live, thankfully, has content for the next couple of months. Uh, we are going to uh, do something a little bit different. We're going to guess the lines here, then we'll take a look at what the lines are. I know they're out on DraftKings. Um, I, I didn't check FanDuel. I know DraftKings has them. Any other books that you guys have seen uh, these lines go up on? I haven't seen, I haven't seen anything, so I'm going okay. to completely fresh air. Here we go. Uh, we're going to start with um, the restoration of the roar. The Detroit Lions have made it, as evidenced by the fact that they are uh, going into Kansas City to get bludgeoned to kick off the NFL season. Uh, we'll start with you, Brad. Would you make this? I have the Chiefs land a touchdown. I got six and a half. Okay. Um, I tipped my hand there at the beginning. I have the Kansas City Chiefs by eight, and it is six and a half. Um, so, Judy, you nailed it. Um, Brad, uh, I think, what did you say? Touchdown? Touchdown. I'm um, seeing minus 120 on DraftKings, so kind of shaded towards towards that tutty. Um, yeah, I mean, the interesting thing here, not to overreact to one player, but, you know, with the suspensions coming in Detroit, this is not a Jameson Williams game. I think he could have been, you know, something of a, not an equalizer, but, you know, give you those big plays to maybe keep up with Kansas City's offense. Obviously, they're, they're hanging the banner. Uh, Detroit should be hanging there. Uh, kept Green Bay out of the playoffs banner the following week, mm-hmm. I think, in Detroit. Um, but, yeah, nevertheless, I'm staying away here, even though I had it, you know, over that hook. Yeah, total, by the way, 53 and a half. Um, Judah, you nailed this one. What, what do you think? I, I think I mean, it's, I think it's a good line. I'm not touching this, uh, Brad, kind of what you mentioned. I think the chiefs defense actually uh, is something to watch this year, especially at cornerback, uh, like Trent McDuffie and Joshua Williams both had great years. In addition to luxurious need, they're both like top 20 in our, like preventing separation, uh, metric. I think that actually comes out against the, the lines, which is a team that relies on speed from the wide receiver position. Uh, with that said, there were, the lines were a great offense last year. Uh, it's kind of an unknown uh, how they're going to come out. You know, it's still Jared Goff quarterback. Uh, the Chiefs are obviously still the, uh, you know, dominant team. Uh, they should be, I think, touchdown favorites or whatever it is, six and a half. And I think that's a good line. I will probably be betting a couple alt lines, but I will take the uh, the seven in favor of Kansas City. And I will bet this. Um, I, I think a couple of things that um, point towards this uh, and, and why I like it. Um, the, the Lions have played, as we've talked about, a lot of meaningless football and have been celebrated for doing relatively well in meaningless football games. Um, now, this one doesn't technically mean anything. However, um, this is the start to the season. So they're not out of the playoffs yet, right? This could actually be something that that uh, puts them on the map. And so I'm not really counting on Jared Goff in that situation. Uh, shocking, I know. Um, and uh, I think Kansas City will be very prepared. The Detroit defense has made a lot of improvements. And I think we loved what they did in free agency, Brad, but that's going to take time. I don't foresee that showing up against Kansas City. I think it will be good over the course of the year, but this defense got torched last year. And I don't see that all of a sudden just coming back together, uh, especially especially with the uh, additions they made during the draft. So I will take Kansas City. I've got a bet on the board. We go now to Pittsburgh. My San Francisco 49ers led by the fearless Sam Darnold facing Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers, Brad. 
Yeah, I wasn't trying to price this with the quarterback, but uh, nevertheless, because of that, I went only Steelers plus two and a half. Didn't go to the full field goal. Well, I've got Niners uh, by three and a half. I'm with you, Judah. I have Niners by three and a half as well. It is three. Um, plus three uh, is minus 115. And minus three is minus 105. Uh, is this uh, is this the core? Uh, this has to be the quarterback stuff. Uh, Judah, what do you make the discrepancy uh, based on? I have no idea who's playing quarterback for this game. And I, honestly, I don't think it really matters. Um, and I think the markets are kind of pricing that. It's just like, I think the Brock Purdy... Uh, whatever you want to call it last year was proof of like Kyle Shanahan's going to put whomever at quarterback and they'll be fine. Uh, I think that's kind of what that pricing is. Yeah, that makes sense. I, think, I think it's entirely fair. I think going back to, uh, I mean, if we're going to have a conversation of the quarterbacks in this game, if you don't really matter um, and, and we don't know, I know last year it was kind of defenses were ahead of offenses. That was the big thing. And there were a lot of low scoring games early on. Uh, I mean, these two defenses are both, just going to be probably in week one significantly ahead of these offenses. 42 is an interesting total. It's obviously low, um, but I do like that it, uh, it's up to the touchdown number. I'm staying away from the game, but the, the under here is intriguing. If it, if it is San Bernardo, this could be like a 17-13, like Niners win type of game. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to bet it, Judah? I'll bet alts, I think. Uh, just because, like, if there's a pricing of Sam Darnold or even it's Brock Purdy, it's just like mediocre quarterback, but there's always that fat tail uh, with Shanahan. I think that'll be pretty, pretty appealing. We need a, a fat tail counter. We've got one. Um, and uh, I think it's, I think it's aptly used it, with Sam Darnold in tow. Um, I, I'm going to lay off this one as well. I, I agree with your thought there, Judah. The Pittsburgh defense, I think, certainly will be far ahead of its offense. Will it be far ahead of the San Francisco offense, I think, is an interesting question. Um, and, I mean, they have a lot of continuity there in San Francisco. So, I would, you know, if they're if they're healthy, I think it's a, uh, it's definitely a spot for them. Um, Houston, Baltimore. The Houston Texans putting all their chips on the table, trying to win a Super Bowl right away with Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud. Um, going to Baltimore, who, I don't know if you guys have heard this, Baltimore does well week one. Brad, what did you make this? Yep, I have the Ravens minus 10. I have the Ravens seven and a half. Okay, we are all over the map here. I have the Ravens by 14 and a half. <laughs> uh, so, Judah, you said minus seven? I said seven and a half. Seven and a half. And Brad, you were what, 10 and a half? Uh, just 10 flat. 10 flat, there you go. You guys got to fill it in the sheet. I can't... Uh, I can't do all of your jobs for you. Um, okay, let's let's start uh, with you, Judah. You uh, the, the line is nine. Um, we are seven points off. Uh, talk to me about about why you see this yeah. as a touchdown. I think there's, there's a huge question mark about the Ravens offense this year. We haven't seen Lamar Jackson out of a, a Greg Roman system. I have no idea what it's going to look like. Uh, I have no idea what like what, what chemistry lab with his receivers. Uh, he's got two new guys coming in there. I also think the Texans are trying to to win this year, uh, which is not true of uh, previous years. Um, yes, the Ravens are a much better team. I think that's reflective in the, the seven and a half. Uh, but I'm not so sold on this offense. I think I kind of want to see it first. I need a little taste of what the offense is going to look like. Are they even going to run Lamar Jackson? He's been hurt two of the uh, each of the past two years. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I... 
Houston's secondary I'm a fan of. Uh, I mean, they added Shaq Griffin this week, but, I, you know, for more depth. But I do think they have a lot of top-end players. But, like, their defensive line just isn't going to generate pressure. And, and so I, I totally hear you. Like, um, look, Todd Monken's going to want to air the ball out, and that'll be a very different approach to uh, Greg Roman with more of a, you know, rushing approach and all those things. I, I guess I'm laying off, but, I you know, I'm not surprised it's, 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 it's out at nine. I kind of want to bet it. I, uh, part of me is, though, f- falling Boy. in love with the classic, like, Ravens are great in week one, which is a stupid trend to bet on. But I am tempted. It is a stupid trend to bet on. I think the trend that I would bet on is how bad the Houston Texans are. <laughs> um, that's that's the trend that I would roll with. Now, I think to your point, Judah, there's a ton of question mark about the Ravens. There's a ton of question mark about the Texans, too. So this is the first NFL head coaching game for D'Amico Ryans. It's also the first uh, game for offensive coordinator Bobby Sloak. Now, I think both of those guys, former PFF or Bobby Sloak, by the way, I think both those guys are going to be great. But in week one against Lamar Jackson, where, and and to your point, Judah, now the Ravens haven't seen Lamar Jackson in this offense, but guess who else hasn't? The opposing team. So there is nothing you can do to prepare uh, for the Ravens in this game, because I don't think you know really what Todd Munkin will do with Lamar Jackson. But I do know this, Lamar Jackson versus CJ Stroud, I think on its own is like a 10 point difference. So I'll take Harbaugh in week one at home against a rookie uh, coaching staff uh, and roll with it. Uh, and I am, I am betting that one. I, I just think it's going to be really, really tough potentially for CJ Stroud uh, on the road in Baltimore. Look, a team that last year did get pressure a decent rate. I think they're going to blitz the living hell out of them. And it is going to be a rude awakening for CJ Stroud. And we know that he's not great under pressure. Um, I'm talking about, I'm betting, I'm betting this with you also because Lamar Jackson also skipped a lot of offseason activities. His new contract that is not really, I, mean, I guess he could do it, but he'll lose out on some money. I don't think it'd be a great look now that he got the big, the big deal. So he might actually be more fresh or more ready in week one uh, than historically with Greg Roman because he's going to actually be there for everything, you know, get chemistry with Odell, get chemistry with Zay, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I, I lied. I'm hopping, in this one. I'm hopping on this one too. It's okay, Judah. We'll get you a Texans shirt uh, and hat to wear week one. There you go. That's the exact yeah, reputation I need, you know, just to go <laughs> for the Texan, uh, Texan team. All right, I'll lay off. I'll lay off here. Okay, here oh, we go. Yeah. Cincy and Cleveland. This is an interesting game for a lot of reasons. Um, Brad, would you make this? Browns plus one and a half at home. I've got Cincy minus three and a half. Okay, I have uh, Cincy minus one and a half. So Browns plus one and a half at home. Uh, it is Browns getting two and a half. So um, I, I kind of exactly what I thought. I'll just start. I, I was tempted to go three. And I thought whichever, if, if there's a three here, then there's going to be a lot of people taking the home dog with three. So I figured they probably don't care as much about the teaser protection. Um, you know, it'd be fine. They'd rather have people tease that they get the full three. So turns out that that is what they did. It's two and a half. Now it's minus one ten to both sides. Um, Judo, start with you. Yeah, I think the the Bengals were a top five team last year, and what we saw of Deshaun Watson was absolutely absolutely atrocious. 
I want to yeah. see it before I bet that. And even if he is good, I think the Cincinnati offense just has a ton of firepower. Uh, and even the massive question marks from last offseason, which is like, how is Joe Burrow going to deal with pressure? He didn't really face any pressure last year. That's a combination of the offensive line and his ability to get rid of ball quick. I believe they faced pressure at the second lowest rate, just behind Tom Brady and the Bucs. Uh, I think the Bengals are just in a different tier of team. Uh, I think that should be reflective. And with the three, I'm taking the Bengals. Yeah, I like it. Um, are you at all worried about Miles Garrett uh, in this game against uh, some question marks for Cleveland there or for Cincy? No, I think I think Burrow showed us last year he can uh, get the ball out quick if he needs to. Uh, he can play both sides. He'll hold on to the ball if he needs to to find his receivers. And if, if he needs to get rid of the ball quick, he'll have success doing so. Yeah, I'm afraid to bet it with Watson in week one, but I don't know. The teaser leg does does intrigue me. I think Bengals probably win this game, but eight and a half at home for Cincinnati or for Cleveland, excuse me, um, is enticing. Maybe I'll circle back and tease that later, but uh, for now, I'm not betting it. Yeah, uh, Deshaun Watson is a thing or two about uh, about the teaser leg. Um, I am not riding with Deshaun Watson in any way, shape, or form this year. I think he's going to be. I think it's going to be terrible. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, I like your I like your uh, angle there, Judah. Kind of jealous that I didn't stick with my three, but alas. Um, question for you guys. So let's say that Deshaun Watson's through five weeks, and we see the same guy that we saw last year, who was unequivocally worse than Jacoby Brissett with the same team around him. Think about like the F1 comparison, right? It was just slower in the same car the whole year. At what point do we start questioning uh, whether he just sucks? He's not going to stop playing. They'll fire Kevin Stefanski before he stops playing. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I, I will start to question uh, whether or not he sucks, though. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, for sure. Sorry. Yeah. To, to answer the question directly, yes. I will also question that as well. But... Uh, the the results will not be him getting benched. It'll be a new head coach coming in the in the door. Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree with that. Um, how how long are you guys giving him? So like, I get that the Browns. I mean, J- to be fair, Jimmy Aslan will certainly ask his you know his wife and uh, daughters right their opinion before benching him as as he did before signing them. You know, we know that. Um, but how long will you guys give Deshaun Watson until you go? This dude's cooked. Like a month. I'd give it a little longer. I'd give it six. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, lo- there's levels to it, right? Like, if he's like flat out, like, just cannot even play football, then like, you know, a month. If he's just like middling, then probably longer. But I don't know. The truth is, it, yeah, it kind of, it doesn't really matter. Uh, right. As you said, because like, they're going to keep playing him. They have, uh, there's no really backup option. I'm giving him one week. If he looks like crap week one, I'm out. Uh, all right. Jacksonville. <laughs> And I mean, he had a whole off season. What are you doing? Uh, Jacksonville Indy. This has been the week one game for these two teams since uh, the start of, of human history. Uh, it appears this one being played in the wonderful Indianapolis uh, city of Indianapolis. Uh, Brad, would you make this? Uh, Colts plus four. I've got Jags five and a half minus five and a half. I have Jags minus seven and a half. Um, so, Brad, you nailed this one. It is three and a half. Um, Judah, I, I guess I'll start with you here. You're somewhat similar to me in, in thinking this should be a bigger line. Yeah, give me all the Jags here. I think like Trevor Lawrence over the, the second half of the season, 
uh, was a top five quarterback, especially if you look at what he did with the clean pocket. It's like the second best PFF grade uh, without pressure, probably fourth best EPA. The dude turned a corner in the second half of the season. Uh, he like even talked about kind of a, a mentality change uh, midway through the season. So I do think that's not just like a, you know, pinpointing a uh, arbitrary point in time. Like that's something he pointed to. Uh, and the team just got a lot better. I think Calvin Ridley's going to come back uh, and be a dominant wide receiver one. I don't see why. Uh, I mean, maybe he'll slow down a little bit after a couple of years out. He's still a terrific receiver. We shouldn't forget that he was one of the best in the league. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence, just what if he gets better from year two to year three? I'm fully expecting that. Uh, the Colts, I don't even think Anthony Richardson will be playing this game. Uh, I see this as a project year for him. Give me, give me the Jags. I'm all over the Jags as well. I think maybe the line is shorter here because people are, you know, re- responding to Cam Robinson getting suspended. Cam Robinson has been an average to above average tackle, uh, both as a pass protector and a run blocker. Maybe like a, a 70 or so great as a pass protector. But nevertheless, I think Walker Little is as good of a player. I guess starting a rookie in Anton Harrison on the right side isn't ideal. But the Colts defense, yeah, they, have some, they have some dudes up front, um, particularly on the interior with DeForest Buckner. Haven't seen a ton yet from Quiddy Pay, Dio Adengbo, like some of their young players that could get could become better, but their secondary is question mark city. I mean, particularly at corner. Um, and we have Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, all those dudes. Um, yeah. I, I, and then the last thing with Trevor Lawrence talking about pressure. I mean, his average time to throw last year was around two and a half seconds, even less. So the second half of the season, it was like 2.35, something like that seconds. Um, getting the ball out very, very quickly. Um, so yeah, I, I'm riding with the Jaguars here as well. Yeah. Sorry. That was my bad, Brad. I thought you said three and a half. You said four. Um, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're on the right side of the Lord. Uh, on this this beautiful Mother's Day, shout out to all the moms out there. Um, we we haven't talked about the Jets yet, but certainly Zach Wilson. We'll talk about him. Um, I I think so. Brad, you'll remember this last year. There was one week I can't remember which week it was week fourteen, um, where I had like a discrepancy of like four or more points on like a bunch of games, and I was like, either I'm totally off or like I'm just betting them all. And I bet them all. I think I think I. Had, I think it went five and one or something like that. Ended up, you know, kind of being on the right side of history. Um, by the way, all, all three of us, me, you, and Arjun, um, positive unit-wise for guest lines bets last year. So looking forward to doing that again this year. Um, this this to me feels similar. Anthony Richardson in his first game, are, are people thinking he's going to come out and, and be dynamite? Um, it's also the first, again, first game for a new coaching staff. So um, th- there's a ton, I think, of just unknowns here. And, and we know a lot about Jacksonville. So this makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, I, I would be stunned if this, this stays uh, at three and a half. And, and I'll just ask this question, which is, yeah, there's some question marks about the O-line for Jacksonville. Who exactly is going to be getting pressure on the edge for Indy? No, right. That's the big thing. And Lawrence controls that very well. So. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not uh, not worried about. I want to know what odds. Yeah, jump in, Judah. I want to know what odds I can get on Gardner Mitchell starting this game because I don't think it's going to be Anthony Richardson. I've seen this one before. Uh, I think that's exactly why they signed Minshew. They knew they were drafting a quarterback. They took a project guy. They have no intention of winning this year. I just want odds on uh, Gardner Mitchell week one. So I do that's kind of, interesting. If it's Minshew. If it's mentioned, do you feel differently at all, Brad? No, because I think the thesis is just like the Jaguars are in a different class of team and like we're going to see them kind of ascend. But like I'd be way, I, I'd be like all over the Jags' alts if, it, if it's Anthony Richardson. 
So I agree. So I would be like less confident in Minshew having a higher floor, of course. And I actually do agree with you, Judah. I mean, not only like like Shane Steichen brought him from Philly. This isn't like a random signing a bridge. Like this is bringing your bridge over from your prior team. Um, so I think he starts as well. But yeah, it does not change my bet on the game. I love Minshew, but no. Uh, Tampa Bay in Minnesota. Um, in Minnesota, Brad, we'll start with you. Vikings minus six. Vikings minus seven and a half. I had the Vikings. <laughs> I had the Vikings by ten and a half. Um, it is seven. I will start here. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were held together by Tom Brady. Tom Brady no longer there. I don't think we can underestimate how terrible everything else was around Tom Brady. Um, I don't. I like Todd Bowles. I think he was abysmal as a coach. Um, I think that uh, <laughs> that Kevin O'Connell and that offense are going to destroy the Tampa Bay defense, which is generally aggressive, um, has been overly aggressive. You remember what Kevin O'Connell and, and Sean McVay did when they faced that defense in the playoffs with Matt Stafford at home in Minnesota. And who's who's playing quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? It doesn't matter. It'll be, like, it'll be bigger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, put me out there. The difference between Tom Brady and whoever they're throwing out there is going to be so massive. I mean, so massive. Can you imagine what Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going to be going through in this game? Like they're used to a quarterback like putting the ball on them when they when they actually are open. Baker's going to be back there holding on the ball forever, and it's just going to be a disaster. Uh, so I am I am taking uh, Minnesota here. Um, Brad, you were on the other side of this. Um, talk to me. Yeah, I mean, look, I agree. I mean, the drop off from Tom Brady to Baker is obviously astronomic. Uh, there's no arguing that. If you think Minnesota is going to score, then I kind of like the over 46 and a half in this game. Because, um, look, as bad as Baker is, I still have no faith in the Vikings defense. Um, and the Bucks, like, <laughs> they ha- like I, look, they, they have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and all these dudes. Like, I don't know. I, I just it's interesting to me. I, I'm not going to bet the, the Buccaneers here. I think they are going to be a pretty bad team this year. But I don't know. Like, I don't really I don't think the Vikings should be laying a touchdown against many opponents this year. I, I completely disagree there. And especially uh, if just looking at this matchup, I am not buying the Vikings uh, defense at all. I will buy their kind of edge players, Daniel Hunter and uh, Marcus Davenport. And who in the world is playing uh, on the offensive line for the Bucks? It's like Christian Wirfs, great. Everyone else is absolutely atrocious. Uh, I don't even know half the guys who are, who are playing uh, on their O-line. And like Tom Brady was the only thing keeping that offensive line semi-intact last year because he was getting rid of the ball very quickly. Put in Baker Mayfield, who's the exact opposite of that. I don't like the over because I see this as like sack after sack after sack after sack. Uh, and Tampa Bay might not get anything going on offense. Also, their coaching staff is just like completely unwilling to adapt to anything. We know they're just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, third and long. I just see this as run, run, sack, run, run, sack. Give me, give me all the Vikings I can get. I love it. Yeah. To your point here on PFF.com, by the way, promo code forecast gets 25% off. APFF Plus subscription, you can see uh, one of the things that I look at when I'm doing uh, this and looking at every game, you can look at the matchup between the two teams, see the PFF grades. To your point, Tristan Wirth's seventh highest graded uh, tackle in the NFL last year among 81. You look down the rest of the line, 
you have Filer, 54.6 PFF grade. Jensen, 28.9 PFF grade. Gadecki, 46.7 PFF grade. And look, the legend himself, Cody, Ma- Cody Mouch. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's gonna gonna hold the the four together, but I don't think that will be the case um, out of North Dakota State uh, this season. So, uh, yeah, I it's gonna be a rough rough uh, day for Baker I think it's also just an interesting point. It seems to me like there's almost an overcorrection from last year with Minnesota, where everyone like it's like, oh, they overachieved, they yeah. overachieved, they're really so much worse. I don't see why Minnesota won't be better, especially on offense. Like we generally see. Uh, in the second year uh, of coordinators, maybe a little more uh, chemistry and dynamism. I think like replacing Adam Thielen with Jordan Addison is going to make a big difference. Justin Jefferson is still amazing. And we know exactly what Kirk Cousins is. Uh, and I think almost that kind of floor uncertainty will play well in the NFC this year. Um, so that's, that's, that's at least Kirk Cousins, best quarterback in the NFC. Um, Arizona. I'm a list. <laughs> yeah, it's that list. <laughs> Arizona, Washington. We'll spend 30 seconds on this game. Brad. Yeah. Uh, minus Washington minus four and a half. Yeah, I've got the same thing. I have Washington minus three. Um, uh, it is five and a half. Um, I'll just say this. I am not betting either side of this game, even though I was a couple of points off here. I made it minus three because I think both these teams are, you know, completely terrible and you don't know. Um, I can see why it's five and a half, though, thinking about just how terrible Arizona was. I think in my mind, I, I thought it was um, Kyler uh, playing in this game, uh, but it probably will not be Kyler playing in this game. So um, you guys have anything here? Yeah, the, the Colt McCoy-Sam Howell matchup at quarterback is going to be a dynamo. Um, I, I think the Cardinals might not score in this game. Like, I, I mean, I know defense, obviously, it's, you know, uh, yeah, tied to the quarterback play. And so you add that in as well. I think Washington on paper could have the best defense in the NFL is this year. Um, I'm not going to bet them because it's Sam Howell, but this game is going to be disgusting. I don't I don't bet games for Colt McCoy and Sam Howell as the quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, look, I, I will never say never. Um, Carolina, Atlanta, this one in Atlanta, Brad. At Atlanta minus three and a half. Yeah, I got the red stallions at two and a half. <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, it is two and a half. I had the red stallions as aptly named by Tennessee Titans fans at three as a three point favorite. As I mentioned, it's two and a half. Um, Brad, you're on the other side at uh, minus three and a half. You laying it with the stallions? Oh, no. <laughs> I kind of part of the thinking was like a rookie quarterback first start. But then as I'm mm-hmm. sitting there, I'm thinking if Desmond Ritter and Bryce Young were playing college football a year ago, we would take Bryce Young right. as a touch as a 10 point better player, you know, so I've kind of talked myself out of it as I'm thinking through it. Now nah, I'm, I'm staying away. I, I can't bet this game. Just too many, too many unknowns. Yeah. yeah I'm with you guys there. The uh, I did think it was interesting, though. I, I Desmond Ritter as a favorite. Is a uh, is a choice. Uh, by the way, Atlanta minus two and a half is minus one twenty, so kind of right there at three. If you were thinking about about this one, or if you had an angle, um, I'm tempted by by Carolina as a teaser. Like we'll come, we can come back to that later. But um, I, Frank Reich, I want to bet on Frank Reich when I can, um, and I think against Arthur Smith, getting eight and a half as part of a teaser like could be could be that time. Tennessee. In New Orleans to face the Saints, Brad. Uh, it's Saints minus four. 
Got Saints minus three. I'm with you, Judah. I had Saints minus three. It is three and a half minus one ten to both sides. So, Brad, you're on the Saints side of this. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the tough part here, too, is I think it will be Ryan Tannehill. I think there's an outside chance they get into camp and just say, we stink. Let's just give Will Levis this job and just save $27 million on Ryan Tannehill, um, which would obviously make me like the Saints a lot more uh, in this situation. <sighs> I need to get a bet on the board, but I, I, there's too many unknowns in this one as well. I think I, I, think I like the Saints uh, reluctantly. I just Tennessee was maybe the worst pass defense last year. I don't think they got any better. I also, I just really like the uh, the Saints receivers. I think Rashid Shahid's the real deal. Uh, Chris Olave, obviously, last year. And I think that's the perfect matchup for a uh, Tennessee defense that's really poor in the secondary. And we also, as you kind of said with, with Ryan Tannehill, we know what the Titans are on offense at this point, and it's not very good. Uh, they also have absolutely no one on the offensive line. Uh, I take kind of the, the certainty that the Saints have been. Uh, they're just delaying their floor of, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10 wins uh, for as long as they can. And I, I think it holds this year and I'm taking it week one. Yeah. I, I am tempted to get with you on that Judah. I just Brable. I have respect for Brable and I have no respect for Derek Carr. And that combination does worry me a little bit. I, I do think the saints offense could be legit. I mean, they, they have some weapons, there like if Carr has one of those years where he you know puts it all together um then then like the the weapons are there I think a lot of it is amazing and, and to your point Tennessee is is garbage but there's just something about Vrabel um I, I want to see that team before I completely fade them I would almost it, it, yeah. I'll just real quick I would almost lean the over it's 42 because look the Saints defensive line also is going to be I think one of the worst defensive lines of football um love Cam Jordan borderline hall of famer but he's 34 and he's the best player in the front seven by a country mile um and so they can just run the piss out of the ball down their throat which I think they will do Saints have basically no interior defensive line um you know sign a bunch of like rotational players to be starters and free agency and then I agree that we had Titans were dead last and people pass a lot or whatever it was um didn't get any better at all um it scares me because that again like it smells like a like a terribly low scoring game but over 42 is intriguing i do i i do like that that's a good call out um one of the lowest totals uh i think the only yeah. lower one that we have is a 40 and a half um arizona washington uh all right philly and new england in new england brad patriots plus four yeah I got patriots plus four and a half Oh my God. Uh, I need to get my, my head in the game here. I, I had the Eagles um, by seven. Uh, it is four and a half. Um, I guess this tells you what I think of Mac Jones. Look, I, I'm not anticipating a Super Bowl hangover, clearly, for Philly. Now, I don't think that they necessarily improved, but the Patriots did what they've been doing for a while, which is like s- overspend on like, middling to average players and i just don't know that that recipe is something that i'm particularly keen on um the only thing that i will point out here is this is like tom brady memorial day for for uh the patriots and so that place will be going absolute bananas and i'm assuming a lot of those players will will be going crazy as well and like put their rest you know foot forward i guess but philly is just like every position I don't know if Christian Gonzalez changes that for you, Brad, but Jesus. 
He, he might. No, I, I agree with everything you said there. I think the interesting thing here to me, um, the 40, the over under 46 is interesting. Maybe looking towards the under uh, in a general sense, though, the biggest lesson we're going to learn for these first couple of weeks and we should wait longer, but like, there's a lot of coaching changes that I think are fascinating. We touched on how bad Byron left, which was does Dave Canales and I was working with Baker Mayfield and, and Cal Trask, but like, does he stop going run, run pass on every single series and maybe make a difference there? I do think for a fact, Bill O'Brien from Matt Patricia, we're going to see a noticeable difference. Much of it happens right away in week one. Um, but nevertheless, that, that's kind of a throwaway comment. The, the main thing for me is that under is kind of intriguing. You mentioned the Tom Brady aspect um, The Philly, like, they didn't get worse, but, you know, you lose Isaac Samala. I'm not really sure what they're going to be doing at, at right guard this year as of yet. Do they start their second-round center from last year in Cam Jurgens? I don't really know. Um, is there a Super Bowl hangover to a degree? Um, and on the flip side, yeah, Mac Jones is not scoring many points against this Eagles defense. So, I don't know, the under 46 kind of sticks out a little bit. Yeah, I think I like that under 46 uh, as well. I don't think I'm taking either side of this game. The Patriots just have this way where you look at the roster in the beginning of the season. And you're like, who are these guys? Uh, or like this team isn't great. And then you look back at week nine and you're like, oh, he's having a great year. Uh, I feel like that's just like the, the Patriot way uh, in some respects. So I have a little bit of respect uh, towards the Patriots side here. Um, I mean, look, the Eagles are, are the better team. I'll definitely be on the alts uh, kind of to reflect that thesis. But I'm sticking. uh I'm sticking with the under if I'm making any bet right now. I like that under. I can I can uh, get on board with that. I also don't want to be the one person that doesn't see the Tom Brady, um, you know, rallying cry, getting them past the Eagles in this game in some weird, weird fashion. Maybe you could play quarterback for them. Um, that's the that's, that's the key. All right, Rams Seahawks in Seattle, Brad. I had Seattle minus six and a half. Same. I had Seattle by five. Now, what's interesting is I started with Seattle by seven, and it is five and a half. I came down to five, and I'll tell you why I did. I was like, I think the Rams are going to suck. I think the Rams should be tanking. But you can't coach your bets. And everyone on the Rams thinks they're going to go win a Super Bowl. <laughs> they're going to compete for a Super Bowl. Like, I think it's going to take – like, I think they're going to go out week one and be like, look, this is our chance to show people we're, you know, we're legit. Um, and it may take a couple of weeks for them to go. Yeah, we actually really suck. So that, that's why I ended up at uh, at five. It is five and a half. You guys are both on the other side of that. Are you rocking with the sea chickens? Yeah, I'm rolling with the Seahawks. They're my team this year, I guess. Uh, I've adopted them. Um, I mean, the Rams, they got worse this offseason. Um, the offensive line, both trenches, probably the worst. Bottom five offensive line, bottom five defensive line in the NFL. So I think Gino will have plenty of time. Um, you know, you never want to count rookies as, as doing too much. But I think, honestly, Devin Witherspoon and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, among the rookie class will make a decent impact. But also just their free agency. I mean, I, I mean, you go out and sign a guy like Draymond Jones. You had a second round edge rusher and, and Derek Hall from Auburn. You have, you know, depth along the defensive line. Uh, and I think they're just going to throw a bunch of things at them. And Matt Stafford's going to be running for his life. And then on the flip side, I think Geno Smith's going to be sitting in the pocket for five seconds if he wants to. Just double, just triple team Aaron Donald, and no one else is going to come even sniff you if you if you're Geno. Um, I'm rolling with those, this one for sure. 
Yeah, uh, I think similar bad. I'm rolling with the Seahawks here for many of the reasons you just mentioned. I mean, Geno Smith was terrific throwing the ball deep. His receiver was going to have plenty of time to get open against some some bad corners. I mean, the Rams have three good players at this point. Uh, we don't even <laughs> know what Stafford's like. It's Stafford, it's Stafford, Cup, and Donald, and nobody else. Uh, I just I see a Seahawks team that uh, got better on offense and defensively had a whole bunch of rookies who played really well in year one. You like to think that's going to continue uh, in year two. Uh, I just. I see this as a complete mismatch of teams. I'm on the Seahawks. Yeah, I do agree with you guys. And, and Brad, we are uh, co-parenting with the Seahawks this year. Um, I think I think a legit, you know, NFC, I, I would say contender. I mean, I think they can win that division. Like, that's how bad the NFC is. But, um, all righty. Uh, Brad, I don't know if this is going to be good news or bad news, how you'll view the uh, what this line looks like. But I was thinking about it as I was as I was guessing it. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are going into Chicago to play an opening day, which for the past however many years has been a assured sign, uh, you know, sign of Green Bay starting one and zero because their quarterback has quite literally owned that team. Times they are changing. Brad, would you make this spread? Yeah, I knew I bullseyed this spread because it's the most correct spread on the board by just by so much. Yeah, uh, Bears minus two and a half at home. <laughs> I've got this as a pick. Ooh, okay. I have uh, I have Bears by two and a half. I laughed as I made the Bears a favorite, <laughs> uh, but I did so nonetheless. Um, so it is two and a half. Uh, it is minus one ten to both sides. Judah, you, uh, I think, are uh, probably have some good thoughts. And why did you make this a uh, pick? I, I just think there's still uh, a lot of question marks about Justin Fields and the Bears. The team, you know, still finished at the bottom of the league last year. Um, I think the flash of uh, kind of upside we all saw with Jordan Love might be sticking in Better's uh, Better's heads. That's something a football game. And I think there's just kind of uh, there's there's a history there of Green Bay Packers starters uh, coming in and playing well. I'm not sure if I believe any of that narrative at all. I think I'm kind of bullish on the Bears this season. Uh, did not spend in necessarily the positions uh, of the most importance, but they're still probably better on the field. And, and DJ Moore should certainly uh, help this offense. Um, I have no idea what Jordan Love's going to come out. I'm not comfortable betting this game in week one. Uh, if I had to, I'd probably lean towards the Bears, but I'm not betting this. So, yeah, Judy, you mentioned, you know, being bullish, you're referring to, uh, you know, on the pod a couple months ago, we did the season win totals. Uh, I think you said even maybe an alt over on the Bears, you know, kind of really trying to drive that narrative. Are you going to then play a wait and see approach on spreads or do you think the time to strike? Obviously not this week, but like strike early before they get respect from the market and, and then you can't bet them on a week to week basis. Oh, I'll, I'll be I'll be betting this in like the same game parlay market for sure. Uh, just like whether it's fields rushing or just kind of betting on the thesis of like the receivers uh, playing well, but I, I can't bet a line, right? That's like reflecting of, of so much more of what's going to happen in a game. Um, but yes, I'll be attacking early and often in the same way that like, I was just looking back at kind of last year and I was very bullish on like Tua uh, and the, the dolphins receivers. So like I hit on a bunch of same game parlays early. Um, and you like look back at the pricing, had you priced, Knowing what would happen in 18 weeks, had you like repriced week two, week six, it would look very different. I think we might be having a, a similar uh, scenario with the Bears this year, uh, where I can just be rolling those same game parlays out. I like the sign of that, or like the like the sound. Jesus, I like the sound of that. Um, I, I do think it's interesting. The both passing offenses here, there's going to be so many question marks, and. 
I guess I weirdly feel more confident in in the Bears and Justin Fields than I than I do the, the Packers. I mean, that's just kind of crazy to say, but but I do. I am intrigued uh, as a teaser leg here. The Packers getting out to eight and a half, um, still with some question marks in Chicago. Um, so I could see teasing them with the the Panthers. Um, I, I don't know. I think I think that's the one angle on this line that I would that I would go with. Um, all right. Miami and Los Angeles Superchargers in SoFi Stadium. Brad, Chargers minus one and a half. Got this one as a pick'em. Also, I had uh, the Chargers by two and a half. It is Chargers by two and a half. Um, my, my thought here was like, you make this, you make this three. I know people are taking the Dolphins. Uh, I think they should be taking the Dolphins. Um, but now at two and a half, I. I do. I am intrigued by the Chargers as a as a teaser like here. Um, so I, I mean do Dolphins? like like they. Sorry, you mean the Dolphins a teaser like? Uh, yes. Sorry, right. Dolphins. Go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. No. Thank you for saving me. Um, <laughs> I, I do really like the Dolphins uh, as a teaser like here, um, just because it's the Chargers is what I was kind of trying to say. Like Chargers <laughs> going to go blow out the Dolphins in Week One? Really? Um, okay. Uh, sure. Let's, let's see that happen. Um, I just, I just don't have that much confidence in the chargers being, being that team, uh, especially after, after the way that they've like continuously underperformed their expectations. So I, I like the, the Dolphins. The teaser, like, um, pick them for you, Judah. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I have much more faith in, I think Kellen Moore and the chargers this year, especially with like conservatism, closing out games. This is actually an interesting anecdote. Uh, and something that played a lot last year, which is the Cowboys were the most aggressive team in the league uh, towards the end of games last year. They had like a very high pass rate over expected uh, towards the end of games. And they really pushed up scores, uh, which which did uh, help our, our bankrolls a little bit. Um, and I actually kind of want to fade all those Chargers angles. Uh, with that said, like, I, just like, would it surprise you if we saw, you know, week seven to uh, uh, or would it surprise you if we saw just like a horrific Dolphins offense? Like I can see both sides of that game playing out. Hmm. I can. Like I, I have, I have all the faith in uh, McDaniel and these receivers. Uh, but I, Tua's a like a, he's a huge question mark. I don't know how he's gonna uh, step back in the pocket, knowing that like one more hit might end his career. I uh, just like mentally, I don't know if you can kind of get past that. Uh, I want to see it on the field. But uh, like all angles are possible in this game, and like you play this out a hundred times, I see this game going in every such direction. That's why I got it as pick him. I'm chasing the fat tails. I might take a Dolphins alt like big time here. I, I love Miami in this spot. I, I think their defense is going to be much better than than Chargers. Um, and I hear you on two on week one. You know the Chargers defense is going to be bad, but I think Vic Fangio is going to just, I mean, just be cooking his old his mentee and Brandon Staley um, has so much talent over there. And then the offensive side of the ball, um, I think bringing Isaiah Win. I think that was today uh, to play some tackle was smart. Uh, obviously, love the receivers and all those things as well. Uh, yeah, I just think they're a better football team. I, I'll be teasing them as well. Um, but yeah, I might find like a you know a Dolphins minus you know whatever whatever a good a good alt could be out there um, and, and have that be kind of something I'm chasing in week one. Yeah, the fan Gio Staley uh, storyline is a good one. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to do a little Packers Packers Dolphins teaser uh, total on this one forty nine and a half. Don't love teasing games with high totals as we've talked about a lot you get a much better 
deal if you are teasing uh, something with a low total because the chances uh, of a low scoring game having a spread within eight points or higher than a high scoring game uh, having a spread within eight points, um, as I'm sure you guys can understand out there, but worth mentioning. Uh, Raiders and the Denver Broncos, uh, mercifully not in prime time, although they do have some prime time games this year, which kind of surprised me. Uh, love for Sean Payton there. Your your former coach, Brad. What did you uh, what you make this one? Yeah, uh, Broncos minus two and a half. Yep, same thing. I had the Broncos by three and a half. It is three and a half. Um, you guys are on the other side of three. You bet in this one. So such funny. It reminds me. Uh, there was a, a pod we did a while ago where. Uh, you were talking up the Raiders, and I kind of let it slide. And Judah was like, "I couldn't disagree more." And I got, yeah, I got yelled at in the YouTube chat. They were like, "Brad, you're a pussy for not disagreeing with George." Because <laughs> I've made it, I've made it clear on Twitter that I think the Raiders had the worst offseason in the NFL. So, um, and and I cower, I was a coward on the pod. Anyway, uh, that being said, I'm still afraid to take them getting three and a half points. But if I was going to bet this, it would it would be the Raiders. I can't, I can't touch this. There's yeah. just a lot. There's a lot of respect for Wilson and Peyton, and like you got to see it. Guy yeah, was awful last year. Like the Broncos <laughs> were horrible. They were, they were. All right, MC Hammer can't touch it. Um, I, I mean, I I had this uh, running on the number. I'm not going to bet it either side. I do think if I had to take a side, it, it would certainly not be the Denver Broncos winning by more than three points. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Um, yeah. And the only reason that, that, by the way, I went out to three and a half was there are a lot of question marks for the Raiders. I think that, um, you know, there's a there's a solid chance that McDaniel's just terrible and that Jimmy G, by the way, his first game without Kyle Shanahan, who the hell knows, right? We saw those games with the Patriots of old and everyone sort of thinks that because of that, he and McDaniel's are going to be just fine. I think that's really reaching like really stretching your your arms out there to try and make something out of nothing so uh i, I kind of withhold my my uh thoughts on on the raiders until uh until we see the a couple of games there sunday night most predictable thing on planet earth was the dallas cowboys being on sunday night to open up the season they in fact are it is cowboys and giants it reminds me um and you guys may remember this there might be some ogs who have listened to the pff forecast for a while but the first ever lock of the week was uh, when Eric and I faded Eli Manning and the Giants against the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. And Giants fans were livid, absolutely livid. And of course, that was the year that the, uh, the wheels fell off for Eli Manning and Dallas covered. So this brings back fond memories. Uh, Brad, would you make the spread? Uh, G-Man getting a field goal. Yeah, I've got Dallas minus three and a half. I have the Dallas Cowboys uh, favored by three. So New York plus three here. It is two and a half. Um, so we're all we're all on the same side here. Yeah, we all rolling with with uh, the Cowboys. Judy, you went you went over the the three. What do you think? Yeah, I think Dallas should be better this year. I think like they really lacked in their secondary weapons, uh, and I think Brandon Cook still has it. He was like the sixth best uh, receiver at separating last year. He's still got some legs. Uh, the Giants way overachieved. Everyone knows that that's been talked at nauseum, but I don't really think that's being kind of priced into this week one line. Uh, the Cowboys pass rush is still ferocious. 
Uh, they, they should have an edge there over the Giants offensive line, which still has a lot of question marks. Uh, I like Dallas with just a, a far superior passing game. Give me the give me the three and a half. I completely agree. Uh, it's a bet for me as well. Also, I'll tell you this. I know we, we poke fun at our guy, Mike McCarthy, here and there. Um, I don't think they'll maybe they'll be as aggressive as they were last year. You mentioned Kellen Moore, especially late in games, really throwing the football. Mike McCarthy has never had an, and yes, he's had Aaron Rodgers and then Dak Prescott, but he's always been pretty high on the like pass rate compared to uh, game script and, and pass rate over expected. He's not a guy. I think some of what he's saying was kind of just talking. I'm sure late in games are going to try to run the football and bleed things out and play a lot of good defense, but also they don't even have a running back that can do that on the roster right now. So I'm kind of selling that in there. I think he's kind of bullshitting, to be honest. Like, Tony Pollard doesn't bleed out football games for you. Deuce Vaughn does not bleed out football games for you. And Ronald Jones, sure as hell, does not bleed out football games for anyone. So I'm not even sure if I buy it. I think he's kind of bullshitting all of us. Um, anyway, I, I think they're going to, I think they might route them in this game. Well, it's a good point. I was actually going to bring a point around if they do run the ball this uh, more this this year, at least they have a running back that doesn't suck, <laughs> right? Yeah. So like, Tony Pollard is an, is an explosive guy. But to your point, where they went, they have fewer resources at running back and more at receiver. So you know, to me, yep. it points to an opportunity to throw the ball. But to me, this is more about my thesis. I will say that word that the Giants are just not all it's cooked up to be, and. I think we are going to look back and we'll be talking next year when the season is over. We're going to be laughing or you know what's off that the New York Giants paid Daniel Jones to be their quarterback. I just, if you can't, here's the thing. When you are on a rookie contract, it is such a huge advantage. All of the supporting cast around you is better. If you can't look good in that situation, it's only getting worse. It ain't getting better. Right. It's not like all of a sudden he's going out there and pulling a Josh Allen now at age, whatever it is, 20, 28, you know, it, that's not happening. So for people clinging on to that, that that's going to happen, it ain't going to happen. And, and the supporting cast around him is not great. And it's not going to be getting better uh, over time because they're going to be paying him. So um, I think that starts here. And I like Dable. This is not a Dable. You know, I remember we faded Joe Judge quite a bit because he was a complete idiot. Uh, I think Dable is sharp. I think he's just got a really tough situation here with like, again, you're paying a million dollars to go get a, a, you know, a Chevy, uh, you know, whatever the hell the Chevys are. Uh, I don't know. what What's the new Chevy, Chevy Cruze or whatever. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I just, I, I don't think they're going to be very good. It, yeah. This game, I feel like has flashes of like a, a Kevin Ogletree coming out of nowhere for mm. uh, Dallas to, to beat the Giants. Maybe that's just a picture of Sunday Night Football week one of my youth. It's like Jalen Tolbert's going to come out and have 70 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> uh, it's not a shot from the depths. It's, it's no, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not Giants, you know, fifth receiver uh, coming out and making a play. It's a Cowboys one. Uh, no, the Giants just like didn't like the, the Cowboys, I think, got better this offseason. The Giants did like I'm not even sure it's close. I and mean, yes, it's probably not long term stuff. But like, yeah, I still believe in Brandon Cooks. I still believe in Stephon Gilmore, honestly, as well. Um, I, I think like two, the Giants offensive line, they have Andrew Thomas and four other players. So the Cowboys will just put, you know, one guy over on Andrew Thomas and then load up everywhere else. Um, the Giants secondary is as a Dory Jackson and, and a bunch of questions. I, I love Deontay Banks, but you know, his first game as a rookie. Yeah, I just think Dallas is a better football team at, at almost every spot on the on the field. This, this is a like, I mean, this is a big season for Dallas, right? They underperform in a shitty NFC. Uh, you can say bye-bye to uh to McCarthy and and you know, um, probably a lot of other players on the hot seat. 
Monday Night Football, uh, Buffalo and New York, the Jets, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, this is Monday night, correct? Yep. Yeah, okay. I, I wasn't sure if they'd said it or not, but it is. Uh, confirmed. Monday Night Football is a great Monday Night Football game. Um, don't have a lot of them there. I think this is a sign, by the way, that like ESPN, they obviously go and they'd had complete clown shows hosting their games for a while. I think getting a game like this that could have easily been, I mean, this this could have been a Sunday night game, right? This game will rate remarkably well. The fact that they got this game, I think, speaks to Monday Night Football probably getting a little more love from the NFL because they're like a real production um, and getting some some better games going forward. Um, Brad, would you make this? I'd pick them here. Sam? I had the New York Football Jets uh, getting a point and a half. They are getting a point and a half. Um, both of you guys on the other side of that. Um, start with you, Brad. Yeah, so I said and my thought was neutral field. The Bills probably are better by a point and a half. And then I just, you know, good old MetLife in New Jersey made it a pick them. Um, there is a lot of turnover, a lot of a lot of new things. So it's like, you know, first game for Rodgers, obviously first game for, for Nathaniel Hackett, um, which kind of scares me a little bit. But I'll come back to it. Maybe I'm wrong. I just I don't view the Bills as much of a juggernaut. They're a good team. There'll be a playoff team. They might win the AFC East. If not, they'll be a wild card. But like it's week one, so I get that, but I just, I don't think they should be laying points at a, well, first of all, the Jets beat them. Well, they beat them once last year and should have beat them twice last year with mm-hmm. Zach Wilson and Mike White. And again, not to, you know, extrapolate much from that, but I'm leaning towards probably my guy, Aaron Rodgers, maybe even I'll tease Aaron Rodgers and the, uh, the Miami Dolphins potentially. Yeah. I think I'm with Brad here that the, the Bills kind of peaked in early of last year. They weren't that good over the second half of the season. Granted, like maybe Josh Allen was hurt, but they still have a bunch of flaws. Namely, like they have no one after Stephon Diggs. They didn't fix that uh, in the offseason. There, there are a lot of question marks on this Bills team. This offensive line is not great. Uh, granted, uh, the Jets defense probably won't sustain the same level of success, but like this is a huge upgrade. Right. Like the, the delta of going from Zach Wilson or Mike White to Aaron Rodgers is not the same uh, as kind of any other quarterback upgrade. And like going from someone who's so just so bad uh, to even if Aaron Rodgers is like 95 percent uh, of what he was even last year. That's a huge, huge upgrade. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking the Jets here. Uh, I think the the bills are not the same team and they're being priced as kind of this dominant team using the entirety of the 2022 data. Uh, as opposed to I think we should be looking towards kind of the second half. Uh, where their weaknesses kind of started to show. And I don't think they're that great of a team. The one thing they could do is maybe get after Aaron Rodgers with a pass rush, but Von Miller is not, there's no chance Von Miller is playing in this game. If he is, he's not going to be Von Miller. And then, yeah, yeah. And that's, but by the way, that's exactly when the defense kind of collapsed. Like they went from generating quick yeah. pressure at mm-hmm. a top five rate to at a bottom five rate uh, right after Von Miller was hurt. And, and that changed everything for them. Yeah. You remember week one, you know, last year we watched the Bills. Were they on Sunday night? Yeah. Was that? Yeah. Bills Rams. And, yeah. And we were like, oh my God, this off this defensive line is amazing, right? They didn't blitz and they got pressure nonstop. And to your point, Von Miller is a really good football player. Uh, and, and he goes out and all of a sudden it's super average. I love the Jets teaser leg. My favorite teaser leg by a country mile. I could see them covering this teaser like with Zach Wilson, right? Like that's how, that's how much faith I have in what I think is a really well-rounded Jets team and a Bills team that is getting, you know, you talk about the Rams as being like 
three guys and a bunch of scrubs. The Bills aren't at that level, but it is close to Josh Allen's Devon Diggs. And then like a bunch of guys that you're not ecstatic about. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I really like the, uh, the Jets in this spot. And I don't think I would be as worried. I would be worried about the continuity thing if it weren't, um, you know, Hackett and Rogers, yeah. um, you know, kind of just repairing together. So um, cool. We made it through the entire week one slate. I got to ask you, Judah, of these games, do you have any um, early SGP thoughts? Early SGP thoughts. I think the Bears one that we talked about before, mm. uh, just like, I don't know if it's going to be a combo of fields running uh, and some of the deep plays. Uh, that's one that I'm, that I'm eyeing early. Uh, maybe, maybe Jacksonville also. Uh, I think, I think we'll see uh, if Calvin Ridley's not priced as a wide receiver one, I'm going to take a bet on, on that being the case, especially against a really weak uh, cold secondary, but I haven't done, you know, uh, this is a long time. We uh, will, uh, we'll dive in. I, I just, I can't wait to, you know, build some more same game parlays uh, as we get closer. We'll get in the lab. I'm excited. I'm excited for this season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I think the Chicago one is interesting. I was kind of looking at a few others. Um, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what the the Cleveland prices are. Um, you know, I think about that kind of like correlation around what people would see the if the Browns win this game big, it's like a running thing. But you know they're they're going to want to show off to Sean Watson if he can get hot, right? Like I think that would be interesting. You know, for anyone that's willing to bet to Sean Watson, that won't be me, but just saying, um, is an interesting one. Brad, anything else that catches your uh, your eye here, week one? No, we're we're still so far out. I, there, Cleveland. I, I agree with you on that one, and then also just Baltimore for me too. If I, I get maybe thinking that they're not going to be great, Todd Munkin could also come back in. Not a first time coordinator. I think a third time coordinator. And just try to just air the absolute piss out of the ball in week one and go nuts. Yeah, I'm. I'm also realizing now. I there's definitely one that I uh, hinted at while while giving the breakdown of the Vikings uh, Bucks game. But I mm. would love a, a sack parlay here. Sack and Tampa Bay under, kind of similar to what we almost hit on Thanksgiving uh, with the Giants yeah. and Cowboys. Uh, that's one of my favorite builds, uh, and I think we might get a might get a shot at at that in week one. We only have a few months to go. All right. Uh, <laughs> if you want to, uh, if you want to get involved, by the way, the best place to do that, obviously listening to the podcast, sharing it with your uh, friends uh, that you have out there that are looking to get involved in uh, a little betting. Uh, best thing to do is with best thing to bet is with some, uh, some friends. So we've got a, a good group in the printing press discord. Um, you can find that link in the description uh, of the podcast. Also hit us up on Twitter. We'll, we'll send it over to you. Um, but I mean, people have just been printing money in there, um, because of the hard work of Brad, Arjun, Judah, um, but the draft is always super lucrative, but, um, guys in there are doing research on the Oscars. Uh, maybe Judah will drop some of his baseball knowledge in there. You never know whatever it takes to get through the, uh, through the off season. Um, and of course, once we get into football season, it'll be, um, it'll be an absolute delight. So go get yourself involved there and get yourself ready for the 2023 season. Uh, before we get out of here. PGA Championship, Brad, well-known golf enthusiast, up-and-coming uh, golfer himself. You did. You were so humble. It, most people would want to brag about their golf accomplishments. 
um, you went, you went your lowest number, um, PR, right. A couple of weeks ago, didn't even mention on the pot. I would have been out here. It'd be, I, we'd have led the podcast off with that. I would have recounted shot for shot what that looked like. Um, but, uh, that's not what you're about. You're about feeding the people here with some PGA championship, um, insights, uh, talk to us. Yeah. Well, I won't mention I had a putt for Eagle. I didn't make it, but I had it. Uh, so, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it's happened Marty, no big deal. All right. Anyway. So, and then I played Friday and I had probably the worst round of my life. So, uh, anyway, uh, it's an Oak Hill in New York and Rochester. Uh, the, the, the whole angle here is super long course and a brutal course. There, there might be the winner might be minus two in, in this, in this uh, weekend. There are, it's a 7,400 yard course with only two par fives. Um, the average par three is over 200 yards. The average par four is about 450 yards. Um, it, it's a brutal, brutal setup. So uh, driving is going to be huge here. You know, strokes gained off the tee is massive. Um, the rough is super deep and thick. They were showing videos, guys walking around just dropping a ball from their hand, and you couldn't even see the ball. Like it was buried in, in this deep, deep rough. So got to be accurate. Got to get off the tee. And I think if you have decent approach shots, can put the ball close. Um, that is going to work in your favor. So a couple thoughts here. So our guy, uh, he hasn't come up for us yet, but this is a Cameron Young course. He hits absolute bombs off the tee. Um, he is pretty good in, in the approach as well. He's top 10 in, in, in strokes gained off the tee and top 20 in approach shots. Um, Scotty Scheffler, who uh, was very good this, this past week at the Byron Nelson. Um, also, I mean, obviously, he's Scotty Scheffler. He's probably the best player in golf, but um, does line up very well here. Two more players, Joaquin Neiman. Uh, I like a lot here. Very good off the tee. And the skinny guy can absolutely bomb it um, and, and good around the green as well, which if you're going to have to have some chip shots in this deep rough, like, you know, he's skilled in that area. Uh, an avoid, Justin Spieth had a wrist injury, did not play at the Byron Nelson this past week. His odds are still like way up there. And he, he missed a hometown Texas tournament. Um, and then Everyone's going to fall in love with it. Rory McIlroy is a member at this course because his wife is from Rochester, New York. Yes. So um, it, it does line up well for him. Like it, the course is with his skill set, but I think you're just not going to get a good price here um, because of all those narrative things. So uh, I miss one more guy and Victor Hovland as well. So the four guys that I'm looking to you know build some uh, DraftKings lineups around, put some bets in around. We'll obviously get more into head-to-heads and, and more of the niche markets, the first-run leader, all that. It's not out yet. But but guys that I'm looking right now to, that I like to win this matchup or win this tournament, excuse me, Cameron Young, Joaquin Neiman, Victor Hovland, and, and Scotty Scheffler is just you know the best player in the world right now. I like it. What's, uh, what's Neiman's odds? He's got to have some long odds. Huh? You know? It's a great question. Be- I probably should have looked at that first. I was just so 30, deep in the weeds of data golf. <laughs> 50 to one um he's got to have some really good odds i do like like neiman cam young i think is another great call and maybe we we weren't wrong at the masters brad we were just early on Correct. cam young that's Correct. that's what it is um judah you bet in any of the uh nba nhl any of the sports that, that we yeah. want to talk about yeah. on this you know what we'll give people need something that's going to last them through september uh, yeah. We're going to go with the, the Mariners plus 600 to win the AL West. Yeah, we need we need more baseball on this podcast. Look, you want to sell the Astros, George. I know you do. Uh, the Astros, the Astros are a shell of their former selves. They basically got they've got two good hitters in uh, Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez, and then a bunch of uh, righties who don't strike out a lot. Not a very good offense. Their starting pitching is uh, nowhere of what it what it used to be. They've got basically two good pitchers. Um, 
And the, the Seattle Mariners right now have an emerging rotation. Uh, Jared Kelnick, uh, rip and piece for my New York Mets, uh, is, is looking like a, an MVP candidate. Uh, I, I like the Mariners. There's a lot of kind of uh, projection of what the Astros have done in the past and, and their former production. I don't really see it this year. And I think we're going to look back and, you know, as week one's happening and we're going to be talking about the Mariners and their five or six game lead in the AL West. And we like, I gave this up plus 600, May 14th. I can tell you what we won't be talking about, which is baseball. Uh, <laughs> That's how but desperate we are. Just yeah. to give it a shot. I'm, I'm throwing some on the Mariners here. Uh, I will watch zero Mariners games. You let me know if that bet cashes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you update us every, every like month of the pot. Let us know. Because uh, I'll throw it in too, but I will not pay attention to it. Real quick, right. Joaquin Neiman's ninety to one. So let's go. Yep, that would be uh, that would be that would be delightful. Uh, all right, Joaquin Neiman, the Seattle Mariners. That's why you come to this podcast. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Love you. Peace.